Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And hello and good morning. You're on Dirt Radio with Colin. We are broadcasting live from 3CR studio in Collingwood. Dirt Radio is the Friends of the Earth Melbourne radio show. You can check us out at www.fo.org.au. So this week, we're going to talk about the great campaign for divestment. Not the, for the banks, not for super, but for universities. Yes, uni are investing in fossil fuel and a lot. The fossil-free uni's crew run by students has been lobbying for years now. And last week, the first big Victorian uni just decided to divest. Tia, you're one of the founders of the Latrobe University Fossil Free Campaign. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, could you tell us what happened last week with the Latrobe Uni? Yep, so we had a meeting with the Vice-Chancellor on Wednesday and he announced to us that the university is committing to divesting their coal, oil and gas um, from their funds over the next five years. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So how did, how did you manage to, to lobby them to divest from the destruction of the climate? Yeah, so we've been running the campaign for two and a half years and we've had meetings with the Vice-Chancellor and the Vice-President of Administration as well as giving a presentation to the Finance and Resources Committee. Um, we've been pretty lucky in that our university was open to engaging with us, whereas a lot of campaigns uh, at Australian universities haven't really had that. Um, and the Vice-Chancellor was quite supportive from the from the get-go, which is really great. So um, it was just about showing that there was support and that it was a, a smart business decision for them to make. Do you know how much did they have to divest? Um, their overall fund is $40 million, but only part of that is... Um, on fossil fuel. Is, it, is in like in a fund, yeah, whereas some of it's like cash. How long, uh, when they're going, going to completely divest? Because I reckon there's not a process happening quickly. No, it's over the next five years. Over the next Which is what years. we asked them to do, yeah. Oh, that's great. And uh, so, hi, Jessie. She's hi. here with us today. So you're part of the Melbourne Uni uh, Fossil Free Mob. We followed your crew during your week of escalation a couple of weeks ago. And uh, you had direct action and some nudie Rudy media pictures <laughs> with all lot. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to have the chance to see Melbourne Uni divesting this year now that Latrobe has? Um, well, that would be the best case scenario. Um, we're not totally sure, but it definitely is um, the best thing that could have happened for the movement right now is to have a to have a university come out and make that really strong statement against those two hundred coal, oil, and gas companies. What do you reckon, Tia? Do you think that this uh, this big week of escalation uh, all all around the university in Australia that happened? Yeah, I think it, is that helped the Latrobe to? Yeah, well, um, at the time, like we, like at Latrobe, we didn't um, participate in it because 
we had genuine engagement from our universities, whereas these other campaigns, they've been campaigning for a similar amount of time. They hadn't had engagement. They hadn't had any decisions made. So we kind of made that choice to sit out but also contact the union and say, hey, look at all these amazing escalations that are happening. We're not doing this because you're engaging with us. But at the end of the day, we don't have a decision. So, you know, if you, if we don't get a decision, then maybe that's what we'll be doing down the line. And you know, (laughs) that really helped us because they ended up committing. (laughs) We're glad that our um, naked um, selves could help you. (laughs) (laughs) Regarding the... um this escalation things. Why do you reckon like the chancellor is not listening to you at Melbourne Uni? Yeah, well, um, we're not totally sure, but we think that perhaps they have vested interests, and there are other there are other powers that are much stronger than the student voices. But we really feel that as a university, they you know students are their business, so they really should be um, they should be looking out for our futures. Um, you know, everybody. Like, climate change will affect everybody. So, yeah, we're just trying to get the uni to make that, to make that statement so that um, fossil fuels are seen as, well, basically immoral. Like, the investments in fossil fuels is immoral because it is, they are destroying our futures. Yeah, totally, with your money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with our money. <laughs> That's hopeful. Uh, ha- could you tell us a little bit more about like this movement and uh, you know how many universities around Australia and uh, how that developed and when did you start this movement? JC, Tia, you mm-hmm. can. Um, I think there's about sixteen or seventeen um, campaigns at Australian universities at the moment. There's heaps worldwide. We're kind of behind in that sense, but um, and I think it started. I think ANU was the first campaign, and that was about three mm. or three and a half years ago. Yeah. How is that starting? Do you, are you creating, like, a community inside your university and finding students? And- yeah, for us, it actually just started. Me and one other person uh, started the campaign two and a half years ago, and we just kind of slowly built it through our environmental and social justice group at university and just held stalls, like, in our main space in the Agora and just tried to... Um, get as many people on board as possible and contacting academics and that sort of thing. But, yeah, it was really a community-building What is process. the issues you've been fa- facing? Um, well, I guess our main issue was actually building capacity and getting enough students to, to help um, gain more support. That was, like, our biggest barrier because... But, I mean, that's not the same barrier for really university. The biggest barrier for them is, is getting their, like, university to engage. But, yeah. I yeah. mean, and from the get-go, the university just said, look, this is something we're looking to do, but our timeline is probably a bit different to yours. So, but, you know, it's only... It's, I mean, it's taking them two and a half years, good and bad, but, yeah. I reckon. What about uh, Melbourne Uni? What's the some of the main issues you, you're facing with the, with the crew? Yeah, um, our main issue is just engaging with the university. Um, so we've been running for three years and we've had two meetings with our um, chief financial officer um, and we've got another one coming up, but we've never met with our vice-chancellor. Um, we've had, yeah, just very little engagement with them. Um, for us, capacity is not is not so much an issue. We have about 20 core members, like 20 people that are really dedicated to this, and we have about 4,000 supporters. Um you know, we have hundreds. Of, yeah, we have hundreds of people on campus that support us, like that come. You know, that come to rallies and um, that supported us during our actions. So the problem is really not like we're we're not a minority of students. We're um, I don't know if we're a majority, but we're we're a pretty loud, like present group of people. Yeah, a really um, loud voice, and especially like during your your week of escalation, we could see like some students were willing to lock on. 
themselves yeah. and to really like blockade the chancellor office. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's big. I mean, like they spend hours. They the harms in a pipe lock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was one of those people and that was 16 hours. 16 hours, yeah. 16 hours. Yeah, so, you know. And the pipe. Yeah, yeah there, was, there were 10. Lot and sweaty, well done. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, Congratulations. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were 16 people all helped to blockade that building, um, like 16 people blocking the building, but we had dozens of people supporting us, you know, providing us food and drinks and, mm-hmm. well, not too many drinks because we couldn't go to the toilet. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, we you know we have so much support, um, and we we have a lot of support from staff. Um, we've had you know a, a um, an open letter with over a hundred signatures on it from staff. So um, yeah, uh, <laughs> what's the teachers and the professors' uh, response to to what you're doing? Yeah, um, a lot of them are really supportive. Um, we've got some you know we've got some really high level academics that support us. Um, and yeah, like we, I mean, we haven't, we haven't heard that much dissent. I mean, some people might not support us, but don't, you know, aren't vocal about it. So yeah, there, there's no, there's no real reason why the, the chancellor shouldn't um, be having conversations with us about this. Yeah. Unless he's got like a lot of like private <laughs> investments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but like, I, I do want to point out that since we did have that week of action, they did agree to have a two hour long meeting with us, oh. which is the longest meeting we've ever had. And we'll have the chance to present our case for divestment to them and then they'll present it to the council. So it's kind of a way, like it's a roundabout way for us to communicate with the university council. Um, you know, it's not, it's, Maybe not the best outcome, but it's... Um, it's a foot in a door. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, you're breaking the ice, slowly breaking the <laughs> exactly. ice. And, uh, and maybe th- in a couple of years, you'll be able to... Well, well hopefully l- less time than that, but we need to convince the council, basically. So this is the only way that... Um, this is the avenue that we have right now. Is the... Um, I don't think really at the moment investing in fossil fuel is really viable for money or investments. I mean, like the like renewables. We'll talk about a little bit more mm-hmm. renewables with Pat like later on, and uh, that would be maybe make something make more sense for more moral investments and long term investments. Is the um, what's gonna be the main focus for the Melbourne Uni for the next couple of months? Um, well, at the moment, we're just focusing on this meeting that's happening next yeah. week. And after that, we're, um, we've had a bit of a strategy session. We've thought about it, but we're going to start a new campaign okay. um, next semester. And uh, that's... Uh, I don't know if I want to say it. I think that's gonna, no, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't say too much. We don't <laughs> no, want to know yeah, what your strategy more, is. Maybe no, some no, more no, naked no, actions. S- yeah. Surprise us. <laughs> Surprise yeah. us. Uh, what about in lateral... Tia, what's... Uh, what's What's going to happen in the next couple of months? Um, well, the group, I mean, for us, like the fossil free campaign is, is essentially over, except for um, just making sure that you, the university is, is doing what they're saying. And they've um, committed to releasing annual reports, which we will all be checking over very carefully mm. and making sure that they're doing it. Um, but the group is also involved in like various environmental and social justice campaigns. So they would kind of just go back to those and, and yeah, continue the fight. A bit of time <laughs> off, maybe. Uh, <laughs> no. Not even. Got to keep up the good fight. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So it's it's really always uh, very powerful to feel part of a, a winning movement and a movement who's growing up. Uh, what would you like to say to to the students? Um, I would say 
just get involved. Um, climate change is, is going to affect us all, so in whatever capacity you have, just get involved, like join a group, um, do, you know, reduce your carbon footprint in um, whatever way you have, but the most important thing is to build that community and to be amongst mm. people that um, support you and believe in the cause. Chia, yeah, would you like no, to add something else? Summed up perfectly. Perfect. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sweet Pat, do you have any bit more questions? Um, Maybe. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm curious to see like how how are you, you two working together as groups or amongst the broader movement, um, mm-hmm. aside from just accidentally, um, you know, causing a win for these guys. <laughs> do, do you cooperate? Do you guys get together and cooperate and and make plans together? Um, yeah, we have. We've um, I think last year we had a like a week long session where we all got together and um, figured out some strategies. Um, yeah, the, uh, with um, Flood the Campus, which was the, the week of actions all over Australia that happened last month, w- yeah, a lot of it was, um, like, every group, you know, determined their own actions, but it was coordinated so that, you know, we would each have um, certain days of where the media could focus their attention on us and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was really helpful. Like, it was, it was so powerful to know that there were... Um, people at other unis just doing the exact same thing as us and being able to support them. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's really important to work all together and to really build up a network because when a crew needs the other the other crew, mm. like everyone can just like jump on board and go together. Uh, where could we find you and support you? Um, yeah, so our Facebook page is um, it's just Fossil Free Melbourne Uni. Um, maybe Fossil Free Melbourne University. So just type that in and like us. And um, we're on Twitter. It's Fossil Free MU. And we have a website. I think it's www.fossilfreemu.com. Dot org. <laughs> or dot org. Dot okay, dot org. Dot org. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and you got a really good uh, Facebook page. I really like it. I mean, there is a lot of information, and it's really like a, a good and vibrant uh, Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. We we like we're always on that, so we're always trying to keep current. And um, yeah, ha- yeah. Sometimes have a, a little bit of a joke on there, a little, little, <laughs> little, little <laughs> That's bit of a dig at the, at the uni. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we're just going to have a quick community announcement and we're going to be back with Tia, Jesse and Pat to talk about the closure of the coal plant, the, the maybe closure of the coal plant. I hope <laughs> that could happen. Uh, the transition for the coal workers and a proper start of renewables. So stay tuned. <laughs> In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. .au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. And you're back on Dirt Radio, a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth. 
Yowis Collen, Tia from Latrobe on uh, Uni Fossil Free, Juicy from the Melbourne Uni Crew, and Pat Simon from Yes to Renewable, the famous Friends of Geos campaign. <laughs> We previously talked about the Latrobe Uni who finally divested last week. How that happened, why, and especially if other uni will follow this right and moral move. Pat is today the Yes to Renewable spokesperson. As we know, Yes to Renewable is a really positive campaign of Friends of the Earth. You're working with local communities, with politics and the mm. renewable industry sector. We talked to Lee Eubank a couple months ago just about a just transition mm -hmm. with communities suffering from the coal industry, like the one in a beautiful and infamous Latrobe Valley. How are you, Pat? Yeah, really well. How things are going there? Down in the Latrobe Valley. Yeah, yeah, at the moment. Yeah, so I guess the biggest news was um, out of France last week, actually, um, with the French company Engie indicating that they may actually close the Hazelwood coal-fired power plant. So I guess... Um, Hazelwood is the most... The, the most polluting coal-fired power plant in the world. All right. Um, uh, just a little second, for people who don't know, like Angie just changed the name. Before mm -hmm. that was the GDF Suez. So GDF Suez has been running for like years and years yeah, all around right. the world, destroying communities, just pumping petrol and uh, out of like Sahara. And like, oh, it's been doing disgusting things. And just to clean up the name, and starting to do a transition, mm -hmm. they decided to move into for, with the name Angie. Yeah, that's that's right. And um, yeah, I guess GDF sewers, you know, is more broadly associated with coal pollution. Uh, yeah, Angie <laughs> <laughs> sounds a bit nicer, I guess. But um, I guess you know, last week I had the opportunity to catch up with some of the people from Voices of the Valley. Um, which is a campaign run by Wendy Farmer down in the Latrobe Valley, and that's that's really about putting in place a transition plan for um, coal workers and the community who would likely be affected by a closure of, of the coal plant. And, and that's really inspiring and important because um, I guess what they're saying is, you know, we've been here, we have been the ones directly affected by um, the pollution of this, this, this coal-fired power plant and we're going to be seeing a direct impact when the, clo when the closure eventually does happen. Let's put something in place Um, to make this work for us and let's create a vibrant um, sort of economy in this region. Um, and, and, you know, they, they talk very strongly about the opportunities in renewable energy, which is fantastic. Um, there's, you know, I think one of the small things that's happening at the moment is the installation of um, electric charging stations for electric vehicles. Uh, so just little things like this that they're getting behind uh, and hopefully... You know they're going to see see more money coming in from the state government based yes. on their their lobbying efforts to have a, a just just transition yeah. in that in that area. So that's ideally how, how the transition would take place. Ideally, um, I'm not sure if there is. I guess ideally we would um, have a staged transition um, where we are investing in renewable energy in advance. And I guess that's kind of in part what our campaign is about. Is like, you know. If, if we're going to be closing down coal-fired power plants, let's start on building renewables now. We don't, we don't want to have to be in a situation where we're closing coal-fired power plants and then building renewables the, you know, after yeah, that. Yeah, firing everyone yeah. and have there's, to need to hire there's, again. There's, and no, there's no reason that we need, we need to wait. We can, we can start this now. We have the technology available. Um, 
And I think in, in places like, like Hazelwood, what's important is just to demonstrate that this is something that is, is possible and real. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they would also be looking at other sorts of, so other sorts of jobs as well. Um, but, you know, renewable energy could definitely be part, be part of that um, down in that area. Is there a real desire from politics to help communities? And what kind of support the concerned communities can expect, expect from the politics? That is a very difficult question. Um, I'm not too sure what the, what the appetite um, from government is. Certainly, um, the current Labour government at the Victorian level, um, they have supported. Um, they have given some, some level of support um, to the Latrobe Valley community to, you know, look at setting up like a regional strategy around this. Um, I think that we need to see a deeper commitment to the idea of transition from them. Yeah. Um, and more broadly, um, a commitment to looking at a proper transition of renewable, renewable energy as a whole. I guess what we have at the moment is, I guess, a patchwork of different promises from different levels of government. Um, so, so I think what would be fantastic to see is, um, yeah, a dedication long-term to a transition to renewable energy. Um, and there's been some fantastic work put out by um, GetUp recently about, you know, going 100% renewables Australia-wide um, in our energy system by 2030. And that's, that's something that we've gotten behind. Um, we think that's fantastic. Uh, we think that, that that works really well with our local campaign, which is targeting the Victorian government to establish a renewable energy target um, at the state level. And we think that, you know, let's start putting these steps in place to put us on that path to 100% renewables. Yeah. So that's the Yes to Renewable. It's supporting, as I said, like the VRET the Victorian Renewable Energy Target. Mm -hmm. How is this rate uh, going right now? Well, at the moment, basically what um, has happened to the, the current Labor government um, run by Daniel Andrews has committed to a minimum 20% target by 2020 and then has said we'll also look at increasing this target and um, establishing a target for 2025. So we're basically saying look at what other places are doing. Like the ACT has a 100% renewable energy target. And they've almost reached that. Um, you know, they're developing some very smart policies to get there. South Australia has uh, a renewable energy target of 50% by 2025. And they're almost ready to hit that. They're at about 40% right now. Wow. So, you know, when... when <laughs> that's amazing, right? And yes. they've, they've just closed their, their last one of their remaining um, coal-fired power stations. And they're looking at maybe getting a solar thermal power plant Um, which is which is fantastic. Finally, so, this solar power plant in Port Augusta. It's possible. Yeah, you know, I think be. that that campaign's going really well, and now that um, coal is closed down there, like it's it's really on the cards. Um, so you know, looking at, looking at what those other states and territories are doing, when you have those ambitious goals, um, you can really like South Australia. They've they have almost hit that target a decade ahead of schedule. Victoria could do the same. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, but it's we, uh, trying to reform my questions. Mm -hmm. uh, do you reckon it needs to come from the community or it needs to come from the politics? I think it needs to come from both. Um, and I guess that's kind of part of what we are doing is as a campaign is showing that, you know, I think most people generally love renewable energy. If you look at any surveys, it's like 
Um, we're, we're doing some surveying at the moment out in Berlin, which yeah. is the um, opposition leader's uh, seat, uh, which is a Liberal Party seat. And the people that we're talking to out there, they love renewable energy. And that's that's a conservative seat that you wouldn't normally expect these kinds of opinions to come from. And so um, what we're trying to do, I guess, is harness that great popularity for renewables and just make politicians aware that actually people love this. And if you get behind this with positive policies, that's going to be a vote winner for you. Yeah, definitely. And that's really interesting because the federal election is coming pretty soon. Mm -hmm. um, do you think the the threat or climate change issues could be um, a center point in this coming election? Mm, yeah, so I think at the moment, people are sort of saying it's not really being talked about enough. Mm -hmm. um, what we're seeing is in some places, it's a top issue. So in places like um, the electorate of Indi, where um, the independent Kathy McGowan is in, it's home to the town called Yakandanda, which has said that they're going to go 100% renewable by 2022. They just got news. That's amazing, right? Yeah, it's great. It's one of my favorite towns in Australia. I love Yakandanda. Um, they just had some great news that they might have Victoria's largest solar farm built in Wangaratta. That's just going through planning stages. And we'd see more of that if we had a Victorian renewable energy target, for sure. Um, so I guess that's an area where it's quite popular. And, it, you know, renewable energy could be a deciding factor in that local electorate. Um, more broadly, um, yeah, the, I guess the two main parties differ significantly. The coalition basically has no policy. They um, have, you know, basically gone after the renewable energy industry um, as a whole. They, you know, destroyed the previous renewable energy target. More than 2,500 jobs were lost as a result of this. Um, this inv investment in renewable energy has stalled. It's part of the reason why we're calling upon the Victorian government to commit to this because the federal policies have basically created so much uncertainty in the industry. The Labor Party has has committed to um, a renewable energy target of 50% by 2030, which is which is great news that yeah. that policy is on the cards, is on the table, um, mixing my metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But, you know... More broadly, the community is saying, actually, we want we want there to be a pathway to one hundred percent renewables yes. at at the um, at the federal level, and a number of groups, whether it's Get Up, Beyond Zero Emissions, are showing this is possible within a decade if we if we actually put you know if we start and if we act now. Absolutely. How, how could we support you guys to be able to, like to reach this goal? Um, so the the best thing you could probably do is right now go onto Facebook. Mm -hmm. And look up Yes to Renewables, which is Yes to, with the number two, Renewables. Um, like us and support our um, petitions. Um, write to your local member. Write to the Energy Minister, Lily D'Ambrosio. Follow us on Twitter and get updated. And, yeah, we, we, we put out a lot of actions pretty regularly over social media. That's probably the best place um, to find out any more info about our campaign. Okay, Facebook, and you're pretty good on, on Twitter. Yeah, we're obsessed with Twitter. We're, <laughs> we're on Twitter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys, for today. So we can uh, support... You can support and be part of the change by joining the fossil-free unis movement. Yeah. So you can check 
the Fossil Free Unis Movement on Facebook, online at www.fossilfreemu.org, yeah. and also the amazing work of uh, 350.org was doing like yeah pretty good. Uh, thanks so much, Pat, and Yesterday New Ball for your time and your answers. So you can follow Yesterday New Ball on Facebook mm-hmm. and on the crazy Twitter account. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you got the online uh, page also you can access the online page via the Friends of Gears website if yeah. you want or otherwise you got the we have, a, we have a blog we have a Yes Renewables blog which is yesrenewables.wordpress.com but if you just google search Yes Renewables I'm pretty sure it'll come up 